Last week we spoke about how a person's physical well-being can make a person feel down. And we said that nonetheless they have the ability to raise above and find inner joy. Not only when the person is disappointed about things that don't really matter, like we described, the person's worried or feels bad that they don't have a Ferrari or uh, um, whatever the example is. But even if a person, not only if a person loses something that's very dear to them, they lose their Ferrari, which could be very upsetting. But even if a person loses basic human necessities, such as health, nachas, and uh, parnasa. We're not talking about a person that's worried that they don't have all the things that they'd like, but they're literally struggling to uh, pay their bills. And that's it's hectic. The natural condition of people is that we are affected by our paradasa. When things are going well, we're happier. When things are not going so well, then naturally we are more uh, down. So how do we rise above the negative feelings that come as a result of physical struggles, physical hardships. And just to summarize what we discussed last week, we described how within the difficulties there's a hidden good. And while when it comes to somebody else's difficulties we daven, and even in regards to our own, we daven that those difficulties be taken away, and we daven not to be tested, and not to have hardships. We daven that it be revealed good. Nonetheless, the awareness that there is a hidden good, even in the hardships, and that that too is coming from a place of love, is able to help a person rise above the circumstances and to uh, be joyful. My father's mentor, a mental foot of us, is thought to have experienced terrible hardships. I think he lost a number of children and... Uh, Yet, anybody who encountered him saw this chassid that was just filled with such an inner joy for life. So, I don't believe it wasn't just superficial. It wasn't that just to the outside world he pretended that everything's nice and dandy while he was very uh, broken on the inside. Rather, he worked on this very critical challenge of achieving joy and he managed to find joy. He managed to find joy. So to sum it up, if we realize that we're never forsaken, we're never doomed, God doesn't want to punish us, He loves us, and whatever we're experiencing is for our own good, and that there's actually sometimes a greater good in the struggles than in the revealed good, then that reframing gives us the... uh, uh, ability to find joy in life. And uh, when I was sitting down to prepare last night, um, you know, I was thinking that we're learning all about joy now, and uh, wasn't feeling great. And uh, I, kind of, I kind of kept saying, it was just like, it was actually a lot of fun. I kept saying, like, I'm not feeling great, but oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy that I'm not feeling great. Like, you know, I'd love to just be feeling amazing. But, but I realized that there was no contradiction. You're really able to be a happy person if you realize 
that everything is coming from a place of good, obviously this is in a very minimal way, then uh, you're able to find joy in every circumstance. That's the summary of last week, where we spoke about finding joy in physical hardships. This week, we move on to a, another source of what can get a person down. And that is when a person looks at their spiritual well-being. So you come to Shul and you're busy davening and uh, you suddenly start to feel really bad about the choices that you've made, about the wrongs that you've done. And you're feeling guilty. And that's getting you down. So is Jewish guilt a good thing? <laughs> and based on what we're learning here in chapter 26, absolutely not. Or let's put it this way. It has a very specific space, which we'll speak more about in a moment. So if you're in the middle of trying to do a mitzvah, you're in the middle of learning or at a tanya share or you're davening or giving tzedakah or whatever it is, and you're suddenly feeling awful about how you... Uh, was so nasty to, uh, I don't know who, I don't know when, I can't imagine it with anybody sitting in front of me. But nonetheless, if that's the situation, then Natalia says something quite incredible. Natalia says that these, this that you're feeling bad about your sins is actually coming from the Yetzirahara. It's actually coming from the evil inclination. And he is giving you these thoughts in order to get you down. It's actually not coming from a good place. It's not coming from. A, it's coming from a bad place. And therefore, what you got to say to yourself is, like, you got to speak to yourself and say, "This isn't the time for it." We'll allocate a time. There are times where a person can reflect on their mistakes, and maybe it could even make them feel terrible, or maybe even come to uh, to tears. But if it's in the right, if it's if it's conscious and deliberate, and not just reactive then you're able to channel it correctly. And that is that immediately after a person feels bitter about the thing that they've done wrong, they're able to now think about the fact that Hashem has compassion on them, and that Hashem cares for them, and Hashem loves them, and that will bring them to a, a, to a great joy. So it's kind of this journey where you first regret, you have remorse on what you've done wrong, and then you move forward to reach a space of joy that you have another chance, that Hashem believes in you and, and, and that things will be good. And that could only happen if it's done deliberately at the right time. But if you're in the middle of doing a mitzvah then suddenly you're feeling so guilty about your sins, then uh, that's, not, it's, that's not a holy uh, guilt. It's not coming from a place of... Uh, of uh, uh, it's not coming from a good place. And he says not only... If this happens while you're during your spiritual service, while you're learning or davening, but even if it happens while you're in the middle of working, okay, now it seems very holy. You're busy trying to. You're in the store. You're in your workplace, and you're trying to make a buck, and you start to feel really bad about that nasty thing that somebody said to somebody, or whatever it was, whatever sin it was that you did, or that that mistake you made with the kosher symbol, and you didn't look, and it turns out that it was really bad, and you're feeling bad about that during business, he says that too is the Yetzirah talking, it's the evil inclination, because and why is he doing it? He's doing it in order to get you down, and why does he want to get you down? 
Because once you're down, then it'll get you, God forbid, it'll get the person to sin much more. So that's the tactic of the Yetzirah. He comes on great spiritual uh, reason, but the objective is to make you feel bad. And once you're feeling really bad and guilty, then you lose the joy that you need to win the battle. And then it could cause a person to sin much more. And that's why it's critical that we don't allow ourselves to enter into that uh, negative space. So just a few stories. Can some people win the battle by being depressed and sad? Does that not exist? So later in chapter 31 of the Tanya, he'll describe the difference between being bitter and being uh, depressed or being melancholy. And he says, when a person is bitter, then they're very much alive. There's passion. It's bitter passion, but it's passion. And therefore, he can utilize that to bring him to a good place. And that's what we said. That the truth is that we do need to have time to reflect on our well-being. Both are positive and are negative. And the truth is, nowadays, the focus is not so much on, on the negative. But nonetheless, what is a controlled setting? If it's after it, the day is done, and so you've got no more responsibilities, you're ready to go to sleep. And now you take a few minutes to reflect on your day and see the things that you did right and the things that you did wrong, and you feel bad about it, then that's a good space because the next thing you're doing is going to sleep. <laughs> you don't need to worry that now it's going to stop you from, uh, from working or from learning or growing. You're now going to sleep. And you're going to go to sleep with the resolution that tomorrow will be much better. So there is a concept of a person being bitter, um, um, being a springboard for greater growth, but only when it's done in a um, uh, very uh, um, controlled, healthy space. Only when it's uh, deliberate and it's not reactive. Yeah, I mean, the Yetzirah is from Hashem, but what we described in chapters uh, 6, 7, and 8 was that um, there are two types of bad. There's one type of bad that we can transform into something good, and there's, there's, that's Klippus Nega. There's another type of bad which is red tape, which means that until Mashiach comes, we don't have the ability to, to see the hidden good within it. So yes, everything comes from Hashem, and even... Um, um, the Yetzirah, the devil and all of that all come from Hashem and Satan but um, from our perspective we view it as bad because it's, 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 if it's from the Shalash Kribbus at base, if it's from the type of bad that we cannot elevate then it's something that our job, to, our job is to just negate it so it may be from Hashem but it's still from our perspective something that we need to get rid of completely I'll share a few stories there was a uh, Rabbi Rabbi Ginsberg, that once um, he, before Sukkot, he put a cover over the Rebbe's Sukkah and because uh, it was raining. And then immediately, before, after, immediately when it finished raining, he planned on, or immediately when the Yom Tov began, he planned on removing the cover so that the Sukkah would be dry if it stopped raining. And he, uh, he forgot to take off the cover. <laughs> I don't know how long it was or for how many seconds that he was feeling absolutely terrible because now like 
the Rebbe's in his sukkah, and he thinks he's sitting in a sukkah, and with a kava, it's not even a sukkah. It's like an obligation to sit in a sukkah. And the Rebbe said to him that you can't fix one sin with another. So feeling bad is like a sin. It's not in the 613 mitzvahs from a Hasidic perspective. It's like the worst of sins. So that's not going to resolve it. So maybe you did something wrong, feeling like just being broken about it. That's not what's going to resolve anything. And back to Rebendel, which I referenced earlier, my father's teacher, Rebendel Futtervas. So he was in jail. And while he was in jail, he realized that there was another chaser that was also in that same jail. And they made up somehow that they would meet. It seems like they were in a different section of the jail, but they kind of realized that if they go to a particular corner, they'll be able to speak to each other. And so they meet up on that, whatever it is, that evening. And Rebendel says to Rabbi Meshetsky, he says, are you happy? He says, how can I be happy when I have no tefillin, no matzah, no kosher, kosher foods, and I'm already in this situation for two years? How can I be happy? And Rebendel responded that with all these things that you're listing, they're able to imprison your body, but don't let them imprison your neshama. So he kind of said, if you're going to actually not be happy, then you're letting it get to your head, then you're letting it imprison your neshama as well. So when things are going right, and you're involved in a mitzvah, and you suddenly start feeling bad, so we said this is just the tactic of the Yezahara to pull you down. Rather, you should be happy and you should go ahead and continue with the mitzvah. I have this memory when I was a kid and we went, I went to overnight camp in the States and we were working very hard to win bank competition and really, really hard. And we were convinced that we got the most points by far. We won, like we had no doubt. And uh, I think maybe some of the guys even got a hold of some balloons and they put it up on the table. And then they uh, went through each of the divisions of camp and they announced the winners. And there was another bug. There was another bug that was also trying really hard, but we decided we were way above them. And I remember as they announced the other bug, the, the boys popped the balloons and we basically put our heads in our hands and we basically started crying because we worked so hard for this and it was somebody else. And it literally required somebody to shake us out to say that, no, they decided this year, because of everybody working so hard, that in addition to having the winner of each division, there's one winner of all the banks of all the divisions. And we were the winners of that. And they already announced that. that we were in such a negative space that we didn't even hear that. So we were something away that we wouldn't, didn't win that particular division. When we, meanwhile, we were winners of the entire camp. Wow. So... Uh, that's the danger of, of being down, of, of, of melancholy, that, that, that you become trapped and how terrible the situation is when you don't realize that there's a much greater good that you can tap into if you're able to just break out of that and, and, and experience joy. Even though most times you don't see that you're the winner of the whole camp. Most times. Many times when you feel a loser, it's very hard to see yourself as a winner. Maybe that's what Correct. So I guess maybe the point is that every one of us has unique talents and abilities and we can achieve the incredible. Every single person in this room. 
And, and we've got to make sure that this clipper, this Yetzirah that comes in the form of, of, of being down, doesn't inhibit what we're able to achieve. So maybe it's not winning camp, but in our adult lives, we all can definitely be winners in many areas. So we've got to, I guess maybe this does also have to do with a person's, it does also tie in with self-confidence, and uh, self-value and uh, when we remember that we really matter and we really are valuable and we have something incredible that we can achieve and that can give us joy and we shouldn't allow the guilt of our mistakes to uh, to get in the way of that so finally um, uh, the uh, fifth Chabad Rebbe the Rebbe Rashab once said to the Frida Rebbe that the Yetzirah comes in many different forms we think that the Yetzirah is that, you know, evil inclination, that negative, negative voice inside of us that comes and says, you know, go ahead and eat that hamburger or cheeseburger, whatever it is. But, but the, but the Rebbe Rashab told his son, the Friedrich Rebbe, that sometimes the Yetzirah can come and it could sound like he's, he could seem like a tzaddik. And he's coming and he's talking such in such holy terms that he and he is uh, talking about mitzvahs and uh, really it's just the evil inclination and, and, and uh, Friedrich never said he never until that point he never imagined that you could have such a religious looking Yetzirah so you know, I guess that's the lesson when people complain about you know the religious people that are, that are corrupt and and uh, they look like they're so frum but then you see how they treat their wives or employees. So obviously, if a person is not treating their wife or their employee correctly, then in that area they're not from. Maybe in another area they succeed, they achieve, and in that area they don't. But I was thinking that that's, the fact that that exists is maybe to teach us that sometimes our Yetzirah can become dressed as a saint, and he looks like he's just there to make us grow in our Yiddishkeit, but it's the exact opposite. And how do we know? How do we know really who it is? Earlier, earlier chapters, there were some people that asked that sometimes it's, it's hard to determine good from bad, and sometimes it becomes vague. It's not so clear what's right and what's wrong. The way that we know is what happens as a result of that. Um, I mean, obviously, if the Yezuhara is telling a person to do something wrong, so then that, again, is an immediate negative uh, repercussion. But if he's... If he's coming and he looks like a tzaddik and he's saying that you're a nobody and you're worthless and you've achieved nothing, um, and as a result of that you give up, so that you know that wasn't the Yetzirah, it was a scam. Sorry, it wasn't the Yetzirah, it wasn't the good inclination, it was actually a scam. He scammed you, he tricked you, he made you think that you were listening to such a holy voice inside of you, but really it was just the Yetzirah and coming many different forms. So I was just sharing this point that the Yetzirah, it's not always black and white, sometimes it comes in different forms and what we need to ask ourselves is what's going to be, what's the result? What, 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 how is this affecting our behavior? What's, what's the practical um, uh, outcome to uh, this engagement? So, to wrap it up, the solution to all of this, when a person does start feeling depressed about their spiritual well-being, the solution is to make an appointment. Right? When you have a guy that comes and he's being so negative, and uh, 
he's getting you down, you're trying to achieve it, he comes and he says that the shul is terrible, or the company is a disaster, and he starts, so what's the solution? You say, let's make an appointment. You're coming to be at a random time in a random place, and it's right now destructive. But if you really have practical uh, um, input, so we'll make a set time, and then it's framed. You have that allocated time, you sit in the office, you meet, and you say, okay, these are the issues, and this is the solution, this is the way forward. So we've got to do the same to our guilty feelings. If we are feeling guilty, we've got to say, let's make an appointment. And the most practical time to make an appointment is just before you go to sleep, because then uh, it's not intervening with your responsibilities. Then it's a time to think, okay, these are the issues, these are the places that I'm maybe not doing great, and let's see how tomorrow I could do better. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you.